Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast we do create Green Bay Packers, and we don't create anything else. Let's go. All right, hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. It is Thursday, August 24th, a little bit late with this episode, had to do a couple of things before we got it out. I'm currently on vacation, so that's why the audio quality might sound a little bit worse, but devoted to bringing you guys top-tier content nonetheless. And today, we're going to talk about perhaps the most important theme for the Packers 2023 season, which is Jordan Love. What are my expectations for Jordan Love? How am I expecting him to play? How should we expect him to play? We're going to look into all of that. First, quite a bit of news to cover. Three practices to talk about, and then a couple of signings. So actually, let's start with the signings. Packers signed linebacker Marvin Pierre, 903 RES, obviously an excellent athlete. He's very good on special teams. He was signed as the corresponding move for Tyler Davis being put on the IR, which means Tyler Davis will be out for the season. Not surprising. We knew he te- he tore his ACL in that first preseason game, but this is basically just confirmation of that. Second bit of news, the Packers sign Elijah Hamilton and release Jake Hansen. So Elijah Hamilton, a cornerback previously in the XFL, signed by Green Bay, I mean, he's probably not making the roster, just like Marvin Pierre probably isn't making the roster, but an extra camp body in in Marvin Pierre and also one in in Elijah Hamilton. In terms of Jake Hansen, he was released with an injury, and that is basically the end for Jake Hansen's career in Green Bay. His roster spot pretty much gone. I had him making the 53-man roster after the offseason program, just, you know, because he's a backup, can play the backup center role. Now... Looks like that's all done for him. So with the Packers having a lot of promising offensive linemen, not too shocking that he got cut. And I think the injury basically ended his career there. Moving on to practices. Tuesday was the penultimate 2023 training camp practice. Not practicing on Tuesday. Plenty, plenty, plenty of names. Tarverius Moore, Eric Stokes, Bo Melton, Devondre Campbell, Luke Tenuta, Lou Nichols, Tyler Goodson, Dontavion Wicks, Jake Hansen, obviously new. Now he's uh, he was released. Henry Pearson, Jason Luan, and David Bach Tiari. It was super, super awesome to see Caleb Jones back at practice. He was working with the second team uh, offensive line, second team offensive line when Caleb Jones at left tackle, Royce Newman at left guard, James Empey at center, Sean Ryan at right guard, and Josh Nyman at right tackle. And it was a pretty standard first-team offense. On Tuesday, they did have Rasheed Walker in at left tackle over Nyman. I think it's pretty obvious at this point how high the Packers are on Rasheed Walker. This is a guy that was projected to go, you know, third, fourth round because of his talent. And then a bunch of things happened, some character concerns and injury concerns. He got moved back to the seventh round, but the Packers took a shot on him And that talent, I mean, you can't say much yet because he hasn't started a real NFL game or anything, but 
that talent really seeming like it's starting to show in Green Bay. Green Bay starting him at left tackle with David Bakhtiari not practicing. And then the rest of the line was kind of standard. Elton at left guard, Myers at center, John Rennie Jr., right guard, and Zach Tom at right tackle. The biggest news, however, from Tuesday, Rashawn Gary back in on team drills next to Preston Smith. Oh my God. I don't know how you can't get excited about Rashawn Gary being back. Ford and Savage were your starting safeties, but the the biggest news, Rashawn Gary back in team drills, that super exciting means he may very well be on pace to start week one. So that is so, so, so awesome. And speaking of team drills, how did those go on Tuesday? Well, everything was pretty bad to start. The Packers couldn't get much going on the ground. Myers was snapping balls into Luke Musgrave while Musgrave was in motion. There were multiple false starts and the defensive line all over the place from Kenny Clark to Devontae Wyatt to Rashawn Gary. They were collapsing the pocket. So early on, it was really just check downs and one catch to Watson over the middle for the first team offense. But then things started cooking a little, little, little bit. It started with love to Dobbs on two nice completions which sandwiched a beautiful deep passing catch to Jaden Reed. Then, with the offense on the opposing team's 25, love hit Watson for a 25-yard touchdown as Christian Watson cooked Keyshawn Nixon. And then things just kind of kept going. You had Love just spreading the ball around, hitting all of his top guys. Watson, Dobbs, Musgrave, Reed, Toure. Everyone was getting the ball. And it sounds like you had a really, really, really awesome day in the end from the offense. Gary was back. That's obviously good news. Watson and Reed were making plays. Loved looked phenomenal. Awesome practice on Tuesday. The one downside, Anders Carlson. He went two for six. Now, conditions were bad. It was windy. That's definitely something that people said you have to take note of. Andy Herman basically said, if Anders Carlson had been having a great camp and he'd gone two for six today, you'd have all the forgiveness in the world. And you'd wipe it away and you say, yeah, it was was windy. But he hasn't had a great camp. And then he goes two for six today. It's just kind of getting ugly. Mason Crosby put out a video today of him blasting a kick and basically saying, I'm ready to go if any team wants to sign me. So Green Bay, you might want to consider picking up the phone. On Wednesday, we had the final 2023 training camp practice. So there was another practice on Thursday. The final training camp practice, all that means is basically that's the last practice that's going to be open to fans. And on Wednesday, you had the same non-participates as Tuesday. Anthony Johnson Jr. also looked to be limping. He went into the Hudson Center on Wednesday. Devontae Wyatt and Darnell Savage both ended up leaving practice with a training staff member. That's never good, but they both were back at practice on, on Thursday. So probably just a heat thing that that was keeping them out on Wednesday. In 7-on-7 seven seven, on Wednesday, love to read First play, 60-yard touchdown, (laughs) just incredible. Um, Jordan Love and Jaden Reed have been connecting all of training camp, and that's so, so, so awesome to hear. I can't wait to watch Jaden Reed. He's a guy that I didn't like too much coming out of the draft just because of his measurables. I I wouldn't say I didn't like him. I would just say I didn't think the Packers were going to pick him, but they did pick him, started watching the tape, got super, super excited. He started off a little bit slow in in OTAs and minicamps, but you come to training camp and he's just been balling since day one. Also in seven on seven, Andy Herman gave us all a little bit of a scare. He said Watson went down 
got back up, but looked like he was hurt, was talking with the trainer, that would be the worst case scenario. If Christian Watson gets injured, we talked about this in my expectations for Green Bay's pass catchers. If Christian Watson gets injured, the entire season goes out the window. I probably quit this podcast and I'm going to be crying in the room for the rest of my life. However, Andy Herman said, no concern, Christian Watson back in in the first play of team drills. He was back in practice on Thursday. He, He didn't miss any practice on Wednesday either. So no concern there. Just a massive scare that was extremely, extremely terrifying. Speaking of team drills, same general starting offense for team drills on Wednesday. You had Rasheed Walker at left tackle again, but your starting wide receivers were Christian Watson and, Ro- oh no, not Romeo Dobbs, Malik Heath. He was getting looks at the ones at wide receiver. It feels like Malik Heath's roster spot is pretty much set in stone at this point. I'd be shocked if he gets cut. He's getting reps with the ones now. They're trying to get looks of him with that first team. He's getting rotated in with them. Yeah, Malik Heath has been making plays all of camp, all of OTAs, all of mini camps, all of all of the preseason games. There's basically no way he doesn't make the roster at this point. Also sounds like Lucas Van Ness was having himself a nice day in team drills. He had a nice run stop, had a couple pressures or two. Sean Gary reportedly murdered Zach Tom on one rep. Just, I mean, it sounds like his knee's great, and that's awesome. The fact that Zach Tom's been phenomenal all of camp and Sean Gary comes in and, and murders him basically just tells you how good Rashawn Gary is because he just blazed right by a tackle that's been tremendous, basically in whatever matchup he's been with. Love and, Mot- and Watson, they were also getting in rhythm. Love hit Watson on an out route that's going to be a staple of this offense. On on third down conversions, watch out for that love to Watson, love to Dobbs out route, because they've been coming all of camp. Can't wait to see more of them. He later hit Christian Watson on a deep crosser for a massive pickup. And in general, on Wednesday, Love was again feeling himself all day. He had a couple of his best plays of camp on Wednesday. One was a no-look pass to Kraft over the middle. Basically, he was trying to hold the linebackers to the right, and then I based on Twitter descriptions, without even looking through the pass over the middle to Tucker Craft for a, for a big-time conversion. He had another gorgeous ball to Luke Musgrave in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. And yeah, the first team's two-minute drive did end with a pick. Love sort of threw a 50-50 ball to Dobbs and Rasul. Rasul just happened to win that one. But it was a great day other than that for Jordan. On the other side of the field with the twos, Sean Clifford and Grant DuBose were both making plays. Clifford hit DuBose for a massive, massive touchdown to end the two-minute drill. Grant DuBose, he's really making, I think the top six receivers are pretty much set in stone at this point, but Grant DuBose really making some noise and saying, hey, Green Bay, you guys got to consider keeping seven because I came to play. And so that's, that's awesome for DuBose. And hopefully that's how that's what ends up playing out. I, I I do hope they keep seven receivers simply because they did it last year. It worked well and they have so much talent at the wide receiver position right now. I don't think it's worth cutting one. And I know it usually doesn't happen, but I don't think it's worth the, you know, having the risk that another uh, Grant DuBose or a Malik Heath, though I don't think they'll cut Malik Heath, that one of those guys ends up on a different team. I don't think it's worth that risk. So keep seven receivers. Goody. In terms of kicking on Wednesday, there were no real kicks for Anders Carlson. They simulated everything, you know, the snap, the hold, but then he never actually ended up kicking any. So 
Good news, no missed kicks. Bad news, also no made kicks. On Thursday, this was your last practice today before your final preseason game versus Seattle. Devontae Wyatt and David Bakhtiari, two notable names back at practice along with Darnell Savage. So good news there. But everyone else who was not practicing on Wednesday or Tuesday, they were also not practicing today. In team drills, your offensive starters, as expected to start, Bakhtiari at left tackle, out in left guard, Myers at center, Runyon at right guard, and Zach Tom at right tackle. But later in practice, the line was switched up. Bakhtiari at left tackle, Elton at left guard, Zach Tom at center, John Runyon Jr. at right guard, and Rashid Walker at right tackle. That is super interesting, and this could very well be the Packers' best five along the line because Bach and Elton, obviously, those are your, your top two offensive linemen, all pro-level players. Zach Tom, he's definitely one of your top five best linemen. Now, he's been really good at right tackle, but what if he can play center? Because if he can play center and Rasheed Walker can handle that right tackle spot, then you might have found some real gold because that means you also don't have to play Josh Myers, who, let's be honest, he's been struggling a little bit. So that was super interesting. They did end up switching the line back to Bach at left tackle, Elton at left guard, Myers at center, Runyon at uh, right guard, and Zach Tom at right tackle. But interesting that they're throwing that wrinkle in. Seems like they're experimenting. Also interesting, your starting wide receivers with the ones on Thursday were Malik Keith and Samari Toure. Just kidding. It's not that interesting. The Packers, we know that they love putting guys into different spots, getting guys looks with the ones. That's why a couple weeks ago, Caleb Jones got some looks with the ones at left tackle. Malik Keith and Samari Toure there. It's not shocking. Just they're trying to see what those guys look like. Believe me, they're not coming for Watson or Dobbs' jobs. On the second team line, at left tackle, Rashid Walker, Sean Ryan at left guard, James Empey at center, Royce Newman at right guard, and Josh Nyman at right tackle. Jordan Love threw multiple touchdowns in team drills. First one to Dylan, he rolled to the right, found Dylan for a 25-yard touchdown. Next one, Christian Watson just ran past Corey Ballantyne on a 25-yard corner route. I mean, beautiful ball, beautiful catch, but more importantly, that's not a fair matchup. Christian Watson matched up against Corey Ballantyne. Should not be happening. Of course, Christian Watson won that. Love also had a back shoulder ball to Watson. Watson was claiming that he caught it. The entire defense claimed that he didn't. Not really sure how that goes. Either way, sounds like it was a really good ball from from Jordan Love. And then there were also a couple very nice plays in team drills from Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed beat Keyshawn Nixon twice. Uh, two for touchdowns. Nixon fell down uh, one of the times in coverage. That's his third time this week falling down. So Keyshawn, stay on your feet. And then other than that, what was super interesting was, you know, on, on Wednesday, it was the end of training camp. And that means no more fans are coming to practice. And then Thursday is when Matt LaFleur starts dialing up all the little fun plays. He dialed up a pop pass to Luke Musgrave, a jet sweep to Aaron Jones, a speed option between Love and Watson, and a speed option between Love and Jones. So Matt LaFleur basically said, oh, there's no fans. No one's going to take any videos. Awesome. Let me choose all the plays I've had in my bag. For those who don't know, by the way, a speed option involves a quarterback running. So they get the snap and they run to either the left or right like a designed run. But 
there's a guy that's kept behind them. So it was either Watson or Jones in this case. There's a usually a, a good athlete kept behind them. And if the quarterback's about to get tackled, they can either keep the ball and, you know, try to get as many yards as possible, or they can try pitching it back to Love or Watson or, or Jones or Watson, who, whoever's behind them. And then those guys can try and get upfield and get, get more yards. I tried to run the, uh, the speed option with my flag football team this year. It actually worked pretty well. Um, you know, there were some times where guys started pitching it too early, getting a little bit antsy about getting flagged, but you know, I've seen, I've seen worse. That's probably something that we're going to install into our offense a little bit more next year. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, moving away from my flag football team back to the real football team, it also seemed like a very interesting battle along the defensive and offensive lines. Obviously the Packers had their line at full strength because Bakhtiari was in there and the line, the offensive line won a couple times or a lot of times, as you'd expect. They had some nice blocks. They sounds like they were really good in the running game, sprung Aaron Jones, sprung AJ Dillon for some big runs. But the defensive line also won some big time battles where Sean Gary looked awesome, which is incredible. I I can't express how happy I am that Rashawn Gary's back this quickly and looks this healthy. It's so awesome, and it's such a major, major piece for Green Bay. Rashawn Gary was streaking through the line. He he got a, a would-be sack early on. He mauled Luke Musgrave when Matt LaFleur somehow decided it would be a smart idea for Luke Musgrave to try to block Rashawn Gary. And then other guys along the line also looked really good. Carl Brooks continued his success, as did Enoch Bari. Those two have looked phenomenal, especially in preseason games, but also in training camp, especially Carl Brooks. Devontae Wyatt, he also had multiple would-be sacks, so all those guys, sounds like they were super, super good. It sounds like these this past week of practices has just been exactly what you like to see. Jordan's looked really good, the receivers have looked really good, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, they're all making plays like the playmakers that they are, Rashawn Gary's back, he looks good, Carl Brooks, he looks good, everything is so awesome. Anders Carlson, on Thursday, he also looked pretty good, went five for six. And yeah, he's just been all over the place in camp, but five for six, one of his better days. He did end the day six for eight, two extra kicks at the end of practice. It was, it was a pretty cool drill. It sounds like the team surrounded Anders and tried to do everything they could to distract him, yelling, shouting, throwing water in front of him, not on him, I believe, but just in front of him. And he tried to bury the kick. The first kick he missed wide left, but then, you know, they chanted, you know, one more kick, gave him one more kick, and he buried that one. The team jumped around, celebrated with him. So that was that one was super, super cool. Awesome to hear. Again, this whole week of practice, it's been really great and exactly what you like to see. Seems like vibes are great around the team. The last thing I want to mention before we jump into Jordan Love expectations is final roster cuts. Those are coming a week from Tuesday. Tuesday, August 29th is when the Packers are going to have to cut down their roster to 53 men. So that's something to keep an eye on. We're going to talk about it on Saturday or Sunday, depending on when we do the the Packers Seahawks wrap up pod. And it's, it's something to keep an eye on because there's so many players that have looked good. Brenton Cox, Grant DuBose, players like that, that are on the fringe of a roster spot. And it's going to be super interesting to see who the Packers cut, who they keep on the practice squad. We're going to talk about all of that on Wednesday when our next podcast comes out. But just wanted to mention Tuesday, August 29th, that's the day to keep in mind for that. And with that, 
Let's move on to Jordan Love expectations. Jordan Love. Perhaps one of the funnier draft picks in Packers history, recent Packers history, if you're not a Packers fan. One of the more surprising picks in recent draft history, if you are a Packers fan. And yet, we still don't really know the result of that pick, right? The Packers have sat Jordan for three years now. People have made a lot of fun of the Packers for drafting Jordan, saying that's a terrible pick. Why would you do that? Sure, in 2020, maybe the Packers would have drafted a first-rounder that would have helped them win the Super Bowl. There's also a chance they wouldn't have, right? There's a plenty large chance that they would have drafted, I don't know, Patrick Queen, And Patrick Queen wouldn't have done much for the Packers Super Bowl chances that year. There is also a chance that they would have drafted someone really good and he would have helped them in that Super Bowl. Maybe they would have drafted someone and they would have helped them in 2021 and the Packers wouldn't have have been knocked out in the divisional round. No one really knows, right? But the biggest thing that we don't know is whether or not the Jordan Love pick was smart. And here's the reality. If Jordan Love is a bad quarterback, then the Jordan Love pick was bad, period. End of discussion. It it was bad because it cost them a Super Bowl chance in 2020. It was bad because it cost them a Super Bowl pick in 2021, a Super Bowl chance in 2021. And it was bad because it was a waste of a first-round pick. It was a first-round pick that didn't end up working out. If Jordan Love is a good quarterback... That's a good pick, regardless of what would have happened in 2020 or 2021. Because if Jordan Love is a good quarterback, that means you're going to have 10 to 15 years of good to phenomenal quarterback playing Green Bay. And whatever would have happened in 2020 or 2021 would not replace the 10 to 15 years that you'd get. But we still don't know whether Jordan Love is a good quarterback or a bad quarterback or even an average quarterback. And this this episode is sort of going to go through what I expect we'll see from Jordan this year. And a quick caveat, whatever we see from Jordan this year isn't the end-all be-all of what kind of quarterback he is. We could see him be pretty bad this year. He could come back next year, develop a little bit, second year as a starter, boom, he looks tremendous, off we go, Packers have a great quarterback for the next 20 years. He could look pretty freaking good this year, go into the offseason, teams start to adjust, maybe Packers lose a couple of pieces, next year Jordan looks bad, and it just never ends up coming together for him, he's out of the league within five years. Those are both possibilities. But this year is probably going to give us, is not probably, is definitely going to give us the best idea that we've ever had about how good Jordan Love is. And so I'm going to run through what I expect this year to look like from Jordan. What have we seen from Jordan? That's the first thing I want to look through. Because we have had three years now with, you know, about as bad of an idea as you can get through three years of having a quarterback. So we have, you know, the preseason. We have training camps. But we don't have much regular season action. He's played one game against Kansas City played mop-up duty in a couple of games, played a half against the Lions in week 18 in 2021, and then played uh, a quarter and a half last year against Philadelphia. 
So we really don't have that much to go off of. But from what we have to go off of, this is what we've seen. From a mechanic standpoint, he came in. 2020 was drafted. His mechanics were very bad. Feet were all over the place. Release was long and sloppy. And everything kind of looked uncoordinated. It looked disjointed. But through 2021, the Packers sort of cleaned a couple of things up. And then after that season, they hired Tom Clements, Aaron Rodgers' old quarterback coach. The quarterback coach who developed Aaron Rodgers, or is given a lot of the credit for developing Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Clements came in and cleaned up a lot. Now, through, I guess, a year and a half, two years of having Tom Clements, his feet are almost always perfect. You go watch J.T. O'Sullivan, quarterback school. He talks about how Jordan Love gets to the top of his drop, his feet are aligned with where he wants to throw it. All the time. It looks tremendous. His release. He's done a lot of work on his release. It looks quick. It looks snappy. The ball flies out of his hand. And more importantly, it flies out of his hand quickly. It doesn't take very long for the ball to go from in his hand to out of his hand. It's not as fast as Rodgers is. Nothing is. Rodgers is is unparalleled, unmatched, but it looks a lot faster. And so as we go into this year, I expect you to get a quarterback in Jordan that has near perfect mechanics. And rightfully so, that it would be a little bit concerning if his mechanics weren't perfect. Because unlike Zach Wilson or Anthony Richardson or Johnny Manziel or any of the rookie quarterbacks that were very raw, extremely talented, Zach Wilson is the most obvious example that springs to mind right now. Most talented quarterback in the class, probably, but had to start right away. And as a result, all the raw talent that was covered up by his sloppy mechanics couldn't get revealed because he never had the time to develop his mechanics. Every week it was, this is how we're going to game plan, Zach. This is the game plan. This is how you need to go out and execute it. And he was trying to execute things with sloppy mechanics. You start failing, you start, you know, trying to make up for things. You start perhaps developing even more bad habits. And all of a sudden, you've got a bad quarterback. Jordan has been able to sit for three years. And while Aaron's in there and Aaron's focusing on the team ahead, Jordan is a little bit too. He's definitely getting experience, but he's able to hone in on his mechanics. And so now you've got everything built up from a base. You've got his base on his legs. You've got this release. You have all of the physical things that you want in a quarterback looking really, really sharp with Jordan. And his whole body right now works together like a well-oiled machine. It's a lot harder to see Jordan playing an extremely disjointed game because he has these pristine mechanics. We saw it in the preseason last year and this year. We've seen it in the regular season. We saw it in the game versus Philly last year. His mechanics look a lot, a lot better and about as close to perfect as you can hope for a third-year quarterback. Athleticism. We know exactly what he is from an athleticism standpoint. He's a solid running quarterback. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Justin Fields. Justin Fields is basically a running back with the way that he runs, right? But Jordan is a decent running quarterback. You can run RPOs with him, and the threat of scrambling is a real thing. One of the biggest issues with RPOs in Green Bay last year was usually when teams run RPOs, the defense has to be scared of the quarterback running because it's, oh, he can either hand it off here or he can take it and run it himself. Last year, the defense did not have to respect 
the threat of Aaron Rodgers taking the ball and running it. They could just say, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers takes the ball, I can grab him with one hand and throw him to the ground. He's not going to be able to get around me. So they could jump all over Aaron Jones. And as a result, those RPO plays didn't go very far. Now with Jordan, you can run the RPO and the defense, the edge rushers who's coming around has to think, hmm, he could hand it off, in which case Aaron Jones could do damage, or he could pull it, in which case Jordan Love could do damage. In addition, Jordan Love has the athleticism, the agility to get out of the pocket, and he's a known quantity there too. He's very good at maneuvering a pocket. He's agile. He can find a way to step up, get out, scramble, roll to his right, roll to his left. He's good in that aspect of the game. We know that. Arm talent. We also kind of know what he is from an arm talent standpoint. And I want to say this in the least meaningful way possible. He's at a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen level. Simply, just simply in terms of being capable of making every throw on the field with ease. Roll out to the left, flip the hips, downfield 60-yard bomb, no problemo. Jordan Love does that in his sleep. That ability to bullet a rocket in there 30 yards down the field or throw a 60-yard deep ball to Christian Watson, that is an ability that we don't see a lot of quarterbacks have, but it's an ability that we know Jordan has. We've seen it. We saw it in college a huge amount. And that arm talent is what gets you so excited about the potential ceiling with Jordan Love. Now, we all of the things I've mentioned so far have been really good. Mechanics, perfect. Athleticism, very good. Arm talent, top tier. Accuracy. This is something that we have a decent idea of because of all our training camp reports and preseason games. And as, I mean, to start, when Jordan first came in, his accuracy was atrocious. He was missing things completely. And I don't usually like taking videos of, of missing a net as, oh my God, this quarterback's going to be good or bad because first of all, it's a net. Second of all, it's one throw. But there were a lot of reports of Jordan Love having incredible accuracy issues early on in camp. Now, as we've progressed, things have gotten better. And from all training camp reports this year, and what we've seen in the preseason, Jordan is extremely accurate, except for the two plays when he isn't. Look at the last two preseason, two preseason games. He didn't miss a throw. He hit Dobbs, hit some rockets to Dobbs in both games, had some nice passes to Musgrave, one slightly behind him versus New England, but, you know, he might have meant to do that. He had a good ball to Watson versus Cincy. He hit both Reed and Watson on out routes in Watson in the Cincy game, Reed in the New England game. But then there's that one massive miss to Luke Musgrave over the middle of the field versus Cincinnati. And, I mean, I guess you could say there was a miss to Luke Musgrave on a quick out versus New England. But the big miss is that one to Luke Musgrave over the middle of the field versus Cincinnati. And if Jordan Love cleans up those layups that he needs to hit, he'll be so much better. But right now, he looks great. He looks poised. He's very accurate. And he's accurate because his mechanics are so good. But then there's that one miss, that set, that that one play where somehow those mechanics get out of whack or something happens and he misses that big time throw. And that's what we've seen from him with from an accuracy standpoint. That's kind of what we know his accuracy is going to look like. And that's something that needs to get cleaned up. And then lastly, turnovers. Now, it seems like his interception issues from college, where he threw 17 in his last year in college, 
those might really, or maybe it was even 19. I don't quite remember, but it seemed like those are really cleaned up. He, he did throw three in his first preseason game in, um, in 2022 last year, though. I mean, a couple of them were really not his fault. Two of them were passes that should have been caught and were just kind of bobbled by, um, by the receiver. And then the, the opposing team was able to take them away. But aside from that, he's gotten much better. His interceptions versus Philly, none. He has yet to turn the ball over this preseason. And all, and all reports at a training camp are that he's very much, for the most part, avoided mistakes. Now, I still expect some turnovers in the regular season. Why? Because he's going to be a first-time starter. And as a result, he's going to get tricked. Whether it's on a play where Jordan thinks it's man, turns out to be zone, and he throws it right to a linebacker dropping into coverage. Or the opposing DC fakes a blitz, and guess what? Linebacker drops back into coverage, Jordan doesn't see him, interception. Or some other play where Jordan gets fooled. He's going to have turnovers. That's just the reality of having a young quarterback, because he's going to get fooled. But the hope is that those turnovers don't get too egregious, they don't become a big issue. And every time he gets tricked, this is the most important part. Every single time he gets tricked, he learns from it and he doesn't make that mistake again. And if he makes it again, he certainly doesn't make it a third time. And that's sort of what I, what I think we'll see from a, from a turnover standpoint. And then from a leadership standpoint, this is probably the biggest thing. Jordan Love seems to be beloved by all of his teammates. It seems like he's really coming into his own as a leader. But more than that, thinking about him as a leader of this offense, I think that one of the biggest benefits of him sitting for three years with the same head coach over those three years is getting to learn the same offense basically to perfection. He Because you see it when he's on the field right now. He has complete and utter command of every single thing that's going on in the offense in a super impressive way. Every play that he runs, he gets up to the line of scrimmage and he knows exactly how to execute and whether or not they're getting the right look for what they want to do and whether or not he has to make this read or this read. The conversion to Dobbs on third down is a tremendous example. He knew exactly where and how he needed to put that ball to get a conversion through a, a very good play from the New England quarterback on the deep ball to Watson versus Cincinnati. He understood that he needed to hold the safety just a little bit because you have to hold that safety so that he doesn't come over and knock the pass away. Then he came back to watching and was inches away from a massive play. He understands exactly how defenses are going to match up versus their, their formation. And like on that Dobbs touchdown versus Cincinnati, he knew and he continues to know okay, if they do this, I do this. If they do this other thing, I do this other thing. On that touchdown versus Cincinnati, there's one high safety. Whoever that guy takes, he can have the other guy. He knew that. He found Dobbs, touchdown. And that is so, so, so awesome. And then the last thing I want to touch on, the team around him. The team around him is set up about as perfectly as you can hope. Sure, Kansas City, San Francisco, Philly, they might have two or three better situations from a skill position, from an offensive standpoint. But the Packers have a group of pass catchers that we talked about last week being loaded with talent from Watson to Dobbs to Reed to Musgrave. They have one of the top offensive lines in football. They have one of the best running backs in football and one of the best offensive coaches in football. 
So unless we have some massive injuries, Jordan's failure is going to be pretty much all on him. Not that I see that coming, but that sort of gives you an idea of where I sit with all of these major categories of quarterback play, how I feel about Jordan in all of these major aspects. And so sort of to wrap that up, let's group those into larger categories. What do I expect to be consistent about Jordan Love's game this year? I expect every single game that we're going to get a quarterback that goes out there and understands the goal of every play and that works to execute it. His mechanics, they should look very, very good most of the time. He's, I expect, going to consistently remain calm on the field. He's going to look poised. He's going to be a leader of the offense. And then I also expect to get a dose of arm talent and athleticism. I think we're going to consistently see him be able to use his legs to get out of the pocket or flip a ball 50 yards down the field. Now, the accuracy of that ball, that's something that's probably going to be more up and down, and we'll talk about that. But what I mean is that when he rolls to the right and he throws a ball 50 yards down the field, that ball's always getting 50 yards down the field. That ball's not getting 30 yards down the field. It's not getting 20 yards down the field. It's not fluttering out of bounds. That ball's getting 50 yards down the field. And whether or not it's in the receiver's hand, more up and down, but it's getting exactly as far as Jordan wants it to go because he has that kind of talent in his arm, regardless of the platform that he's throwing from. And that's my expectation for Jordan Love. Mechanics, perfect. A calm, collected leader all the time, consistent with everything that he's doing on the field in terms of athleticism, arm talent, knowledge of what this play needs me to do, and how I'm going to use my mechanics to execute it. Now, there are also going to be some things that are up and down because I, I talked about everything that's going to be consistent with Jordan, but there are also going to be some ups and downs. And there are a, pretty much two main things and that I expect to be up and down to vary. And I think their variance is going to directly correlate to whether love season is meh or even not great to holy cow, the Packers might have another starting quarterback, maybe, maybe even top tier quarterback for the third time now. Basically, how up those ups are versus how down those downs are and how much of the ups and downs are up and how much of them are down, those are going to determine how, those are going to very much determine how we feel about Jordan next year. And the first thing that I expect to be up and down is his accuracy. This is the biggest one. If Jordan is completely accurate, then with Jordan's arm talent, he's going to have an incredible year. By definition, if he's completely accurate, I guess he's going to be making every throw catchable. And with Green Bay's playmakers, good night. That means it's over. Now, if Jordan is completely inaccurate, good night in a different way. The offense is going to struggle a lot because if he's inaccurate, he's going to be missing balls all over the place. They're not going to be able to make standard plays that you'd expect them to make, and the offense would pretty much fall apart. They'd have to rely on just quick passes to Watson and, and runs with Aaron Jones, and we'll see how well that would work. Hopefully, we don't have to see. But naturally, I don't expect that. I also don't expect his accuracy to be perfect. I expect it to be somewhere in between. Throughout camp, it seems like he's been perfectly accurate, which is great. 
except for a select one or two throws where he isn't. And as a result, based on those camp reports, based on even what we've seen in the preseason, I expect that to carry over to the regular season. I expect that in week one, week two, week three, Jordan's going to be totally accurate. And you're going to think this is a very accurate quarterback, except for those one or two throws where he, you just think, well, what? How do you miss that? So yeah, I, I do expect him to miss a couple of throws, but the hope is the biggest hope is that a, when he does miss those throws, they don't cost the Packers. B, he makes up for those missed throws with a bunch of ludicrously impressive throws too. Throws that you think, how did he put that ball on the money while rolling to his left and having to throw it 40 yards down the field? And then C, those missed throws become fewer and further in between as the season progresses. And so in week one, maybe he misses four throws. And you think on two of them, what in the world, Jordan, how? But then in week 18, 17, he's missing one throw or he's not missing any throws. And that is, that's the hope. And that's my expectation with Jordan Love's accuracy. It's that it's going to look very good and it's going to look very promising, except for a blip on the radar here or there. And as the season progresses, he's going to get those blips ironed out. And hopefully those blips aren't too massive. Hopefully maybe in week one, he misses another preseason throw over the middle of the Musgrave where you think, God, how do you miss that? He was streaking open. Maybe you think that. But then, you know, in week 17, 18, the blip, not only is there just one blip, but the blip is a, a, is a slant throw that he dirted for some reason. And that's the hope with Jordan's accuracy. And I think if that happens, you're going you're gonna to have to feel super optimistic about Jordan's season. And then the second thing I expect to be up and down is his reading and countering defenses. And this is the major aspect of what I expect to vary with Jordan. And this is probably the biggest reason why I expect there to be ebbs and flows to Jordan's season. Because despite everything that Joe Barry might have you believe, defenses do try to scheme up ways to stop the opposing offense. So as defenses start to see more of Jordan, as, as they start to see more film, as they start to get more reps, better sense of how he is, who he is as a quarterback, they're going to throw new and interesting looks at him to try to confuse him. And that is why I think we'll see stretches. So in the early weeks, maybe Jordan comes in, takes people by surprise. He comes in, he looks great. Weeks one, two, three, four, he's dotting people up. Everything looks like it's working beautifully in rhythm. You're thinking this team's going to go and look so good. Then maybe week six, seven, eight, nine, defenses start coming back. And they're saying, well, this is all the thing Jordan was doing well. Let's start taking these things away. And then they're forcing Jordan to do new things. They're trying to trick him a little bit. Maybe Jordan, he's unsure of what he's seeing and he starts to struggle a little bit. But then a few weeks later, he comes back, he adjusts and has another good stretch. And that's my expectation that the biggest changes in offensive success will come because of how defenses adjust to Jordan and how quickly Jordan and Matt are able to adjust back and counter defenses adjustments is going to be the, probably the biggest determiner of how successful Jordan Love ends up being this season. And that is my expectation. That is overall my expectation from Jordan Love. And I don't expect to see anything bad. That's the funniest part. I expect a bunch of things to be consistent. I expect his poise, his mechanics, how he leads the team, his arm talent, his athleticism. I expect all that to be consistent. 
I expect his accuracy to be a little bit inconsistent, but hopefully that improves. And I definitely expect how he's able to, you know, understand what defenses are throwing at him. I expect to be that, that to be very inconsistent, but I don't expect anything to be bad. And that's probably why I'm so excited about Jordan Love this season, because there hasn't been anything that we've seen from him that indicates this area of his game, let alone him as a quarterback, this area of his game is going to be bad. Accuracy? Yeah, he misses a couple throws here and there. But other than that, other than those one or two misses, he's deadly accurate. Mechanics? Perfect. Arm talent? Great. Athleticism? Great. Limited turnovers? Check. All of that looks really good. And so that's why I'm so excited to watch Jordan this year. I expect him to be a quarterback that shows complete and utter command of the offense. He's going to show the ability to run Matt LaFleur's system with poise, show the flashes of a top-tier quarterback with his athletic improvisational plays. On the downside, yeah, a couple throws. You think, wow, what in the world? Just how do you miss that? Aaron would never miss that. And of course. But you're going to have all of that evened out with a bunch of wow throws, wow drives, and probably even wow games. Throws where... To counter the throws where you think, wow, who, what NFL quarterback could possibly miss that? You're going to have a lot, hopefully a lot more of throws where you think, what other NFL quarterback can make that? And the answer is probably going to be Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen, but those are the top quarterbacks in the NFL. And you're going to have drives that look extraordinarily easily, games that make you think this team could win the Super Bowl. I expect ups and downs, but as we look back and as as we reflect back on Jordan's season, I'm going to look for probably three things. I'm going to look for, number one, how many bad things did he actually show? Number two, did the bad things occur less frequently as the season did get, as the season went along, as the season progressed, right? So how many bad things actually were there? Maybe he had a couple of misses, but did those misses get fewer and further in between? And then the last thing, did he show the promise to be Green Bay's future quarterback? And we don't know the answer to that, but if I had to sit here right now, I would say he's going to show more than enough promise to be Green Bay's future quarterback. And that's why I'm so excited to watch the season. And I can't wait for week one. I can't wait for week two. I can't wait for every single week where I get to sit down and watch Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, Christian Watson, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, and the Green Bay Packers play football. And that is what I have for you. So as always, I'm going to be back on Saturday or Sunday, depending on when we do the podcast. But that's what I have on this Packers team. Until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!